Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, let me tell you that my guest today is a singer, an actor, an author. She's been on radio and television, live theater, nightclubs, uh, done commercials, movies, you name it. It is Monica Lewis, the author of Hollywood Through My Eyes, The Lives and Loves of a Golden Age Siren. It's by Monica Lewis. It's available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and, and, and other bookstores online. You just search for it. Uh, but she's going to be coming up in just a moment. The chat room is open, so please join us in the chat room. Uh, all of these interviews are recorded and they are archived. They're available at RexSykes.com. That's the official website for RexSykes Movie Beat. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. And you can listen live right from the website there. You can also listen to any of the interviews later uh, once the show's uh, recorded, and it's recorded right as it's going on. Um, and so you just click the link, the bold link at the interviews blog of RexSykes.com. And please take a moment right now to reach out and invite other people to join us. Have them listen in by calling them up or emailing them. Use Facebook, Twitter, use your favorite social means, grab them off the street, whatever you have to do, and say, hey, come here and listen to this. Rex has got Monica Lewis on today, and you're going to want to hear this. And you are, because we're going to talk about Monica's career, about uh, all the famous people she knew and the things that she's done and, and the changes she's seen in, in, the, in the years that she's been in this business. And uh, uh, what a career and what a span it has been. So please reach out right now and uh, grab someone else to come and join us. And also, uh, be sure where you're listening right now to follow us or friend us or uh, leave comments. You can tweet live. That is so uh, amazing when my uh, listeners do that, when the people in the chat room go ahead and tweet or Facebook uh, live comments. Um, that is so cool because it also helps other people to find out about the show. Uh, and uh, let's see. You know, Rex Sykes Movie Beat is really a resource. It's designed to be a resource for you. That's why I'm connecting you up with people who make it happen. And uh, you're, you can post these interviews anywhere and everywhere. Just use good taste when you do it, and because uh, they're they're there. It's it's secrets, tips, suggestions, how tos, what not to do, advice from professionals uh, like Monica and others uh, to help you uh, in your career. So. Uh, Please uh, do spread the word and continue to spread the word. Leave comments uh, when you listen. If you get this as a podcast from iTunes, because they're all available as a podcast, uh, rate and review the show. Uh, we love it when you do that, and it helps us out so much. 
All right. Well, without any further ado, let me introduce my guest. For almost two decades, Monica Lewis was the idealized, wholesomely sexy sound and image of apple pie America, lending a curvaceous, dimpled smile and a melodious voice of hope to thousands of U.S. troops through two of the 20th century's greatest wars. She started. A, she starred on the very first Ed Sullivan show telecast. Had as she's had numerous hit records, including um, "Put the Blame on Maine." Meme, uh, A Tree in the Meadow, A Kiss to Build a Dream on, Autumn Leaves, and I Wish You Love. And she provided the memorable singing voice for the popular cartoon character Miss Chiquita Banana. I don't know if you remember that or if you're old enough to remember it, but I sure do. Um, she uh, started when she was young. Uh, she's appeared. Uh, she started early with a, a career in radio. Her uh, TV appearances, as I said, was Ed Sullivan's very first broadcast in '48, and nearly every other major variety show opposite legends such as Bob Hope, Danny Thomas, uh, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis. Uh, she's appeared at uh, who she first appeared with at the Copacabana in New York. Uh, she signed a contract in 1950, I believe, around that time uh, with MGM. Um, she appeared in movies with Mickey Rooney and Red Skelton, Margin Gower Champion, um, and others. Uh, Victor Mature, Gene Simmons, Jack Webb, and, and just so many more. I'm, I'm excited to have Monica here, and so I'm going to bring her on right now and, uh, and welcome Miss Lewis to the show. Hello, Monica. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you. It's great to have you here, and I'm excited to uh, to uh, be able to talk with you in this way. Well, it's very exciting. This has been a quite a, a remarkable time for me because I uh, had my 89th birthday, and everybody awesome. made a big, big, big to-do of it, and my first book, which I wrote. And uh, I've never written a book before, and everyone seems to like it a lot. So I'm pretty excited. It is a handsome book, and and I I'm I'm lucky enough you you gave me a, a nice autographed copy. Uh, it's Hollywood through my eyes, the lives and loves of a golden age siren. It's a handsome book. It's got great stories, great photographs, wonderful color plates. Uh, and if you're listening, you're going to want to get this book. Now you right off the bat, let's just tell the listeners. We'll remind them again. You have a book signing coming up on June. 17th yes. in West Hollywood. Yes, at Book Soup. At Book Soup. And that's at 8818 Sunset Boulevard, right that's there in West correct. Hollywood. Yes. Awesome. And that's, again, 7 p.m. And so people can meet you. You'll sign books. And, and, uh, and I think anyone. We're going to have Kevin Thomas from the uh, LA Times uh, do questions and answers afterwards. So people like that. Oh, fantastic. I'm so envious. I wish I could be there. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so anybody in the earshot or or in range should should definitely make a point of, of coming on out and uh, and, and uh, meeting you in person and picking up the book. Um, now, you are also the mother of Rocky Lang. He's a producer, and he's been on my show as well. He's been a guest, and, uh, and, um, and his daughter, Nikki, is a performer. And uh, your granddaughter. So, so let's talk a little bit just about them to start with. Uh, okay. Well, I'll tell you about Nikki, and I'll tell you about Erica. He's got two daughters. Oh, please, yes. And uh, Nikki is a musician, passionate, mm-hmm. and uh, writes all her own material, music, and orchestrates it, and and the lyrics. And she's mm-hmm. been doing really, really very well. And uh, she just turned nineteen. 
and she is so gorgeous that everybody stops and drops dead, and they forget to listen to what she's doing because they're staring so hard. Uh-huh. Uh, and Erica just turned 16, and she is the uh, captain of the junior varsity water polo team at high school, and she's going to India this summer to do the same work she did last summer in Africa, which is build homes for underprivileged schools, for underprivileged oh. kids, and teach Wow. How teaching cool. How, yeah. how, wow. How, that is awesome. That is really, really cool. Wow. Well, let me, let me um, and we'll come back. And Rocky, like I said, is a producer, but he's also an author. He's written a number of books. Oh, um, I love it. Did you love the big nasty? That was so funny. He wrote that. Isn't that good? That's great. That is awesome. Yeah, and and but he's also he's also been very he's also been a champion in 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 um in uh, championing the cause of diabetes. Oh, he has just done so much work for them. We all do. Nikki was diagnosed at ten with uh, juvenile diabetes. She had never had a cold in her life. It just happened, and uh, we've all become a family that does. A lot of work in the research and cure. Hopefully, someday, Nikki wears a pump, uh, as does one of the Jonas brothers. You know the boys. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And she manages her just to live her life just fine. And she just did a tour of England and Ireland, singing, uh, opening for a rock group here, and doing this there. And you know she's just fine. But uh, it's manageable. But it is a dread disease. And Indeed. Rocky was made Father of the Year by the American Diabetic Association, uh, I think it was two years ago, and they had a very big tribute to him. Oh, that's was, fantastic. made me very proud, yeah. I bet it did. Wow. Well, uh, Monica, let's, let's, let's turn our attention to you now, too. Uh, you were born in Chicago, and your parents were in show business, and then... And then you began a career in your early teens. How did how did that start for you? How did how did you get into and what was the first thing that you did? Well, you know, Mama was an opera singer and Papa was a concert pianist and virtuoso and conductor and my sister was a scholarship piano player at at Northwestern University. My brother was a scholarship violin at Chicago University, and I was the baby. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do any of it that well. So, and I was seven, eight years younger than they, and I just couldn't compete. So I did a lot of cartwheels and a lot of jazz. <laughs> and I started singing jazz and listening to Ella Fitzgerald and stuff like that. And um, and I uh, started to look for work after uh, when I was in high school, still in high school after uh, the the school day was over, and I finally got a job uh, on a radio station in New York for $5 a week, which was huge, and uh, I had a 15-minute show, and I sang, and uh, then I got a phone call from uh, Leonard Feather, who became uh, the dean of jazz critics and stuff, who was uh-huh. a friend. And he said, uh, there's a, uh, Benny Goodman needs a singer for tonight. And I said, what? He said, well, Peggy Lee eloped with Dave Barber, the guitarist, and he needs, he's stuck. He's at the Astor Roof, and he's got two remote radio shows going national, blah, blah, blah. 
So I said, well, what am I supposed to do? He said, you have to be at the Astor Roof at 3 o'clock. I said, okay. So I went, and uh, there were 300 girls. Oh, wow. And (laughs) I was so nervous. And uh, I sang my song, and... uh, he said, okay, good, come back here about 7.30 tonight. You'll be on the air. So I tore home, and I said, you know, to my mother, I said, Mama, I've got a job tonight, but I don't have anything to wear. So we rummaged through everything and got me together. And uh, that night, uh, he taught me a song in the uh, courtroom, between sets, uh-huh. and he said, "This is here's the music, and here's how it goes." He played it on the clarinet, and it was some god awful song called "Mexico Joe," and I said, "All righty," and I sang it, and I was on national television from the Astor Roof all over America with <laughs> Benny Goodman. So that wow. was. A big deal, and then he wanted to take me on tour with him, but my folks wouldn't let me go, and it was just as well. And uh, so I stayed with him for two weeks, and then I went back to my little funny $5 show, and also I did a show called The Gloom Dodgers every morning at 6 o'clock, which I got that one. But uh, I got a call from the uh, uh, Chesterfield Cigarette Company. Uh Uh-huh. And they had a show all week, every week, with uh, Perry Como and Joe Stafford. Do you remember them? And they yeah, were yeah. Big, big stars and recording stars. And they were Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And they wanted to do Phil and Tusi and Thursday with Fresh Talent. So they had heard about me and uh, wanted to see me and said if she's not fat and old or something, and of course I was like, you know, 20 and skinny. <laughs> so anyway, I went to see them, and they hired me, and I had a full year's contract right away. Wow. And uh, I became nationally known and formed a, a record company called Signature uh with a boy and Ray Block, who was the conductor at CBS, and uh, a boy, Bob Theo, who uh, we put together this company and we got into the record business. And from there, everything went. You know, Decca bought it out and bought me. And then from there, I went to Capitol. And I, you know, I had many, many uh, recordings. I mean, I can't even imagine to tell you how many recordings I made in my life. But along the way, other things opened up, and I had a lot of television, and of course the Ed Sullivan Show, which was we were pioneers in television because we didn't even have the right equipment, you know. Uh And uh, the show we did, the very first show, had Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis and Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein and me. And and Uh, this was with. When the show was, I mean, when it when it first debuted, it's the very first episode of his very first toast of the of toast of the town show, which later became the Ed Sullivan show. But the exactly. toast of the town show. That's right. And my brother produced it, and my sister-in-law wrote the song. It's the toast of the da 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 whatever oh, that wow. was. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, uh, and 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 people could probably find if if they're not familiar with it, they could probably get on YouTube and see clips of Toast of the Time. I'm not certain, but I mean, I would imagine there would be uh, Ed Sullivan Show or old Ed, or Toast of the Town clips available. Actually, Rex, the Toast, uh, the uh, Ed Sullivan Show is the longest running show in history of television. It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. What a fabulous show! Now, and 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 how did you? How did you? I mean, now, now you kind of burst on the scene. I mean, you were a young girl, and and you, you're meeting Benny Goodman. You work with him. You get radio. <laughs> you end up with a four-year contract on a radio thing, and then and then you're on the like the 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 first episode of of Ed Sullivan, and and you know from. But I mean, you had. I mean, as your career, I had a went lot on, to do with that. Yeah, I had a lot to do with that because uh, Ed had picked me. He did a show every year at Low State in New York, uh-huh. and between the movies, they'd have a short variety show called The Harvest Moon Ball, where kids uh, had a competition, just like today's Dancing with the Stars sort of thing. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, I was a singer, and Paul Winchell was a ventriloquist. And one night, my brother came to pick me up and take me home, and uh, I introduced him to Ed. And uh, Ed couldn't get over. He said, that's not really your brother, is it? Because my brother's (laughs) very handsome. And uh, I said, yes. And uh, so my brother said to him, Ed, we should talk. I have an idea for you, because Marla was in advertising. And uh, they had lunch, and... uh, um, Marla proposed this idea that he had for Ed to have a variety show, and uh, he had gone to CBS with it. And uh, Ed said, "But I can't sing or dance or anything." And my brother said, "Yeah, <laughs> I know, but uh, you'll be just the guy next door, and I know how to put on a show, and we'll get the great talent. You'll have a fabulous variety show." And so that's how history was made. He Marla sold it, and Marla got the sponsor, and Marla got CBS, and was made uh, head of CBS's music, variety, and comedy department. Wow! And Ed went wow. on to be Ed Sullivan. So, so yes, indeed, and and. Now, but from from there, I mean, you did you did numerous other shows. I mean, you did Danny Thomas show and Jackie Gleason, but you also did episodic TV like Peter Gunn and M Squad or River Riverboat and Laramie, and I mean, just numerous other uh, TV series. What can you tell us, kind of like what TV was like in those days? Um, well, the early you, days, mm-hmm. the early days were live and they weren't taped, and we didn't have tape. So you had what was called kinescope, which was really a photograph, and then it had to be re-shown again in the West Coast. And everything was very primitive. But later, it was at least 10 years later that I was doing the uh, Westerns and stuff out over at Universal. That was, <coughs> excuse me, after I uh, got married, I think I did those shows. That was well, after you... MGM, and it was quite different because it's taped, and it was very, very, uh, or filmed, and uh, it was, you know, highly evolved photographically. So could... and, yeah. 
Yeah. And I want to ask you too, because radio is the same way. Where, where I, you know, I know that you did the show on the East Coast, and then you had to broadcast it again later for the West Coast. And, yes. And so TV, TV did a similar thing where it was recorded, but then broadcast it at another time. Um, but, but don't let me. Here's what I, I'd like um, from Ed Sullivan. Let, let's kind of take your career trajectory another because you've done nightclub and theater you've done you know television okay. and movies so so from from ed sullivan uh, what next how, how did your career well progress we kept to on where... going going on with the recordings which were my mainstay at the time and then uh-huh. i got the chiquita banana contract which uh kept me going for about 14 years and wow. uh and uh, that was on Chiquita Banana, and of course to say, bananas have to ripen in a certain way. And you can go on and on. I did all the cartoons, the voice. I remember those, too. Yeah. yeah. And then wow. uh, I started to do personal appearances in nightclubs and hotels and the fancy places, you know. Mm. And uh, that was all very important uh, exposure. And... Uh, uh, then, of course, we had World War II in the middle of all of that, which was in the 40s. And I was selling bonds and doing many, many hospital visits and many, many uh, things for the government. And then what happened is around 1950, uh, my dad had a heart attack. And uh, I wanted to get him out of New York, so I went to my agents and said, I want to play California. I want to get my dad and mom out and the son. And uh, so they booked me into Macombo, which is a club out here in California. And uh, from that, I was offered a contract at MGM Pictures, Metro-Golden-Mayer, and it was my my agents who were MCA were furious, and they didn't want me to take it because they thought it was very little money, and I've been making now a lot of money with personal appearances and records, and I uh, was well known all over the world now with all my attachment to the government and servicemen and uh, all the work I was doing, you know, which was all volunteer, and. Uh, I said I had to do that, and so I made the deal, which wasn't a good deal, but the point is I did, and I learned a lot because I like to learn, and I learned everything from what the guys do who hold the lights and what the gaffers do and what the grips do, and and uh, I was a fast study, so I had no problem with anything, and I met a lot of people who did me some good, and when I left there, which finally I left there, uh, then, because they wouldn't let me make any money on the side. I couldn't go play Vegas for the weekend or anything. Wow. Um, it was like jail. So uh, when I left there, though, I tripled my salary so that it, in the end, wound up a wash. It's just that I had kind of an upsetting experience because they didn't know what to do with me. And uh, they had this big problem about that. Lana Turner was pregnant, and she might not come back to work, and so they'd make me into Lana Turner, and instead of leaving me alone, I'd been singing and dancing and taking bows for quite a while, you know, uh-huh. and they were treating me like I was 
just off the bus. So um, anyway, it was all though everything. I don't ever regret anything because uh, my dad got well and he went swimming every day and everything was marvelous and we had a good time. And then I got picked up a couple of other movies at RKO with uh, Victor Mature and I did uh, Warner Brothers, The D.I. with Jack Webb. So I was in no real trouble. I went back to New York and opened at the Plaza Hotel, the famous Plaza Hotel. And uh, it was an unbelievable opening. And Mm. they just, you know, the press was so kind and wonderful. And the New Yorker even magazine just kept, you know, saying how great. So my uh, career was just doing fine. And then I... uh, I met my husband, my future husband, and uh, in 1956, I married Jennings Lang. Wow. And uh, who was the producer of a lot of the disaster pictures, earthquake and airports and a lot. But he made some 33 films, and some of them were really funny, like House Calls, and a lot of pictures with Walter Matha and Jack Lemmon. And uh, uh, my life changed radically. And uh, Jennings had two little boys. His, the mother of the boys had died. She had a, some sort of a thyroid condition that died very young. So he was a single dad raising two boys. And I'd never had these kids. And I never lived in a house. So... <laughs> It was a big deal, and flowers uh-huh. were things guys sent to me, and I was now becoming the chief gardener, and uh, I just decided that this was so wonderful and worthwhile, and this should be, you know, the main focus of my life at this point, not what color my hair would be this week or whether I hit a C or a B flat on the last note. And... uh but I had gone to Korea, I forgot to mention that to you, with mm-hmm. Danny Kay in 1951 or two. And um, we said, we entertained 150,000 troops. Wow. And uh, it was just Danny and me and his accompanist, Sammy Prager, and a young lady named June Bruner who had an accordion. And we just would set up our camp and get ourselves ready, do the show, go to bed in the in the tent with uh, sleeping bags. I washed my hair in a helmet. There were no showers. And uh, in the morning, get up and do it all over again. And uh, it was a very, very eye-opening experience, which I think prepared me very much for my marriage because it changed my focus from self which is the scourge of the performer, you know, Mama, look at me, Mama, Uh look at me, and uh, to others more, and taking care of others, and being prepared to jump in and do for others. And it it marked my life very much, and uh, thank God. So uh, this all was all part of living, you know? 
Uh-huh. Now, once I married Jennings, and he got lucky, and we started to live a life of really, really, really exciting life because we had so many interests and so many dignitaries who visited our home. And I got pregnant, and I had Rocky, and I had so much life going on around me that was other than performing. Uh-huh. Although, you know, there's nothing against performing. Don't misunderstand me. It was just a new experience and right. a wonderfully rewarding one. And so, well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you, 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 what's, what's really uh, fascinating is, is that you got both you know, you or both are multifacets in life. You know, you you had a career, a multifaceted career. You know, singing, acting. You know, commercials, movies, television, theater, nightclubs. I mean, you know, you've done it all. And then, and then you you got the home and the children and the garden and you know, I mean, and and, and we uh, got very political too. We got very political. We, well, we, I you know, go ahead, go ahead. Oh. You know, we're bleeding heart liberals, but the point is we did a lot of good. We uh, had uh, many of the very important uh, fundraisers and for great causes at our home. And uh, we had guests like Teddy Kennedy as our guest of honor. And You know, uh, when going back in history, when they broke the Pentagon Papers and that whole thing with Daddy right. Wellsburg, uh, we raised the money to pay the court costs for the guy who had no money. And, oh, wow. Well. Uh, he was exonerated, of course, but, you know, he just couldn't pay the money. And we just raised the money. We were always doing that. That was a form of entertainment, if you know what I mean, but it was sure. with a meaning and a purpose. And that's when I started, and I was starting to do a lot of little parts in some of the uh, shows around town. Once Rocky started first grade, uh, I, you know, would do the little role here and the the westerns and the Peter Guns and that stuff, and um, I love doing all that. Well, let me go back just a little bit and 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 back up slightly and say that you know because I, I you know I I was growing up in in, in Hollywood in the seventies and and you couldn't you couldn't be in the movie business without knowing who Jennings Lang. Was in terms of producing movies. I mean, he did movies like High Plains Drifter, uh, yes. Play Misty for Me, Slaughterhouse Five, Charlie Varick, The Front Page. You mentioned with uh, with Walter Matthau, where Jack Levin and Walter Matthau, The Swashbuckler, which is where I met him. Uh, with the Swashbuckler, I had friends working on that. Uh, Peter, the late Peter Boyle, and 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 some and uh, Don Johnson, who was a sound man, and Ringo Strausser, and and people, and and so I was at Universal frequently during the shooting of that. It was a movie with Robert Shaw, and I happened if I if, we went if down to Puerto Vallarta for that some of it. Yeah. Did you come down so, there? No, I did not. No, but but you know we also we also share another connection, which is interesting. The Barbary Coast. Alex Grasshoff, the director of that series, and his wife Madeline were friends of mine, and Doug McClure was a friend of mine. So I was frequently on the set of that, and I noticed that you did, you know, you were in Barbary Coast. But 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 you also then then Jennings, your husband, did start to produce like Airport seventy seven and Earthquake and Concord, uh, Airport uh, seventy nine roller coasters, the big blockbuster. You know, um, yes. kind of tentpole movies, disaster movies that were coming out at that time, and then and then also you 
took parts in those and some of the TV shows and things. So I mean, you've you <laughs> you have always been busy in one way or another. Oh yes, I think busy is real important. I think that uh, attitude and busy, you know, I just can't understand people who don't do much. <laughs> I don't. Uh, you know, it's like some people say, well, I have a hair appointment Thursday, you know, okay. Uh, I had to have my hair done like every day and when I was on a movie, you know, I, I just can't, couldn't wait till I could not have to do that, you know. <laughs> and now my hair is snow white and I get in the shower and I wash it and that's it, man, and it looks just <laughs> fine. Everybody loves it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. You know, let me do this, Monica. We're at that point where I need to take a little bit of a break. Okay. We're going to have a, just a little bit of a station identification here and I tell people that where they're listening to and a, a few of my upcoming guests, and, and then we'll be right back. And I'm sure enjoying this, so thank you very much. Uh, you're okay. listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official website is rexsikes.com. That's my name, rexsykes.com. And all of these interviews, including this one, is also archived at the interviews blog there at rexsykes.com. So if your friends or family or industry connections have missed out in listening to this live, you can always direct them right there. Uh, what they'll do, for example, today's interview, they just go, they look up my guest name, they look up Monica Lewis uh, there in the archives, of the interviews blog. They can search it if they wish, or they can just uh, scroll through. And then inside the biography page, which talks about my guest, uh, is a is a, is a a link, and it'll say to listen, click bolded link, and you click on that, and it'll take you right to the player. So uh, you can do that. I always appreciate your comments. I appreciate it so much when you leave, as I said, if you follow us, if you friend us, if you leave comments, if you rate and review the podcast, because all of these interviews are also available at the iTunes store as podcasts. So uh, go and subscribe, and you'll never miss one. Download it to your favorite electronic device. Got to tell you about my upcoming guest, my next guest, uh, coming up actually this Friday on the 27th, is director Pendensham. He's also a screenwriter and known for many, many good movies. He's also written a book about screenwriting, and uh, he's going to be up uh, very next interview, next interview, and uh, and so you don't want to miss out on that. And again, all of these are live, and they're also all recorded and archived. Uh, but join us live because then the chat room is open. Peter Pastorelli is uh, from a showbiz family. His father's a producer, and he is a producer, a unit production manager and line producer. Uh, he's going to be joining us. Dolph Lundgren has been, um, again, has had to reschedule due to his busy schedule. So uh, uh, we will not be having Dolph Lundgren coming up soon, but uh, he will come back. Uh, Rex Piano, director, will return and talk more about directing and producing movies. Uh, Tony Timbone from um, Fangoria will be joining us as well, plus a whole host of other guests. So please stay tuned to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Tell your friends and your industry connections about that and, uh, and uh, enjoy all of these discussions. Um, and now we're back with uh, Ms. Monica Lewis. Uh, who is the author of Hollywood Through My Eyes, The Lives and Loves of a Golden Age Siren, available through Barnes & Noble and Amazon and, and elsewhere. She's going to be doing a book signing on June 17th at uh, Book Soup at 8818 Sunset Boulevard, so 7 p.m. in the evening, so be sure to be there. And you can find her on Facebook. She has a friend's page. It's Monica Lewis. Uh, please be sure to look her up there and, and like the page. 
and uh, and and check out uh, where she's next appearing, and get the book. It's, it is an excellent, excellent book. And uh, Monica, we're back, and I and I got to ask you. I mean, so because of some of the, the listeners, and um, it's it's kind of like the least favorite thing I like to do, and yet at the same time I have a absolute fascination as as do so many of my listeners. Um, but it but it's you have worked with so many people. You know, Danny Thomas, Jackie Gleason. You know. Uh, uh, Victor Mature, Red Skelton, McDonald Carey, William Demarest, um, and uh, Bob Hope, Danny Kay, you know Martin Lewis, Vicky Rooney. Um, anybody stand out, or anyone you you know you know people always have a curiosity. I hate to ask people well, what did you like about or not like about working with certain people, um, but uh, I guess I go ahead and I ask. <laughs> well. Uh- for the most part, I had a wonderful working relationship. I think you also bring that with you, uh, unless you run into somebody who's absolutely insane or difficult, <laughs> you know. True. Um, uh. It's like as far as nice guys off, forget about, you know, their talent, because they were all talented, uh, everyone you mentioned. But, I mean, Dean Martin was a very lovely man, and... Was very lovely from the day I met him when we were all back at WMCA and radio, and uh, and he was our neighbor. Jennings and I lived we lived catty corner across the street from each other. Uh, he with all his children and so forth at mm. a certain point, but Dean just was a very lovely man. And for all the others you mentioned, uh, I never had a problem a working problem. Way, way, way back, I had a problem with a guy named Johnny Johnson, who did not go anywhere really, anyway. So, uh, but he was my co-host on the Chesterfield show, and I think that he was uh, less than kind to me because I was getting a lot of applause and a young girl, and he kind of edged me off the microphone and stuff like that. And, but. I complained to the producers that I didn't feel that, you know, enough care was being taken with my position, at least in front of the microphone, when we were doing a duet, and it stopped. So that was that. I, but I never had words with or arguments. I, I just don't get it. You know, you, you're you a team. When uh, Everything's a collaborative business. Show business is collaborative. If the, if the, if the scene doesn't work... Nothing works. If the play doesn't work, it doesn't matter how great you were in the first scene. You know, you've got to make it work, and everybody has to work together. And I, I believe that. That is excellent, excellent advice. And I, I've got a, a, a bunch of questions to ask you about that. I want to uh, ask you something first, though, and that is um, going back to your MGM contract. And uh, uh, the movie, everything I have is yours. Was that an MGM movie with uh, Gower and Marge Champion, or, yeah. or was that a different? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you're the only woman other than Marge to dance with Gower Champion, and I used to love Marge and Gower Champion in their oh, movies. Oh, they were great. They were great. I'm still very friendly with Marge. She lives in New York, but we talk, uh and uh, when I'm in New York, we have dinner. Oh, that's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Gower died Um, some years ago. Yeah, yeah. Did, um, did, uh, so, but I mean, the only other woman. (laughs) Well, that's pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good. good. 
That's he a, was, that's a great he was so innovative. He was a brilliant choreographer. They were they were fun people, just wonderful people. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I, I mean, we could listen for hours, and that's why the book is so valuable because you go through, you know, so many of these experiences with the, with the people's lives that you've touched and those who've touched yours. Um, your You're the only ex- interviewer, the only interviewer I have ever known who didn't ask me about Ronald Reagan, and oh, well, I think I will- that I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now that that door has been opened. <laughs> Um, um, do do you not want me to ask you about no, Ronald Reagan? No, it's okay. It's perfect. Okay, it's just it's so fascinating to me how fascinated people are with, uh, you know that. It's just uh, because it's like we were two. He was president of the Screen Actors Guild. He was a Democrat. He was a guy in a white polo coat who was looking for the rest of his life what he was going to do because he and Jane Wyman had been divorced. And he was a sweetheart of a guy. And I was under contact to this crazy contract. And uh-huh. we both were sort of just looking for different things in life, you know. And uh-huh. uh, he wrote some speeches for me because I wasn't in the state long enough to make the the p- political speeches. <laughs> <laughs> and... It was all very funny because this is all before he turned Republican, which is after he married Nancy. I mean, became, you know. But we had a really lovely romance and a very lovely time. And then it it went the way it went. And eventually uh, he got very serious and I just wasn't ready for it. And uh, he went on to become Ronald Reagan. And he well, married Nancy, and I thought, think that was great. And I married Jennings, and I think that was great, <laughs> you know. So well, it was uh, always know, very friendly. Well, that's very cool. I was going to say, depending on how people feel about it, if you had married him, you could have prevented his presidency, maybe. Um, but uh, <laughs> but that's up to whether you like his presidency or not. So, But you also have oh. been, like, r- 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 pardon me? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you also have been linked romantically to Kurt Douglas. Is that not true? Well, I think everybody was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, Kurt was a very gorgeous, very busy guy, and everybody uh-huh. was after him. I, I don't think I was ever after anyone. I was my business. My life was known as run, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or the other way. Uh, people were after me. But um, well, uh, but uh, Kirk is uh, uh, also a terrific guy, very terrific guy. And look at him now, for God's sake! Oh yeah, you know, he's how a, he's just been able to survive all of this. It is and so amazing. His sense of humor and all of that, you know. It, it is and truly. Course, it I truly had a big, is. I had a big problem in my life, and very sad you know, a situation, which people say, well, you know, you were so lucky. Yes, I've been very lucky. But I also had real uh, serious things occur in my life. Jennings had a stroke at the age of 68, and he was like a guy of 30. And I took care of him for 13 years. 
Wow. And yeah. that was a very long period of time where I had to pretend that life was sensational and make every day seem like New Year's Eve. And Rocky was of great help because Rocky took him to all the sports events in the wheelchair. And uh, I took him traveling and I lost 90% of my money because everything was so expensive. And I kept selling off all the wonderful pieces of art that we had a acquired during those hot salad days when we were both really earning a lot of money. And um, uh, so, but it was very, I never let him be without. I I promised him he would not have pain, and I made sure that he did not. And he didn't seem to, he had such an enormous appetite for life that he had right to the end. Uh, maybe the last month of his life, he seemed awfully tired. But mm. uh, he wanted to go, he wanted to see, he wanted to know, but he was severely afflicted, but not in the head. I mean, right. it was in the head, but the point is it right. didn't change who Jenny's was. It just right. made him unable to speak properly. Uh-huh. And walk properly. <clears throat> but he learned to write with his left hand, and he swam every day with floats on the right hand, and he kept in shape, and he wanted to go to the art galleries and the and the Dodger games and everything. And uh, he just was a special guy. Well, you know, your whole family, I mean, this is amazing that you share that because your whole family, like we were talking about what Rocky did with the diabetes and, and the foundations and, and his authorship and, and what you've done and and, uh, and and how you look out for each other and the connection that you have. I mean, it, it speaks very well of you, and I, and, I, and I don't say this to blow smoke at you, but, but you know, in... I, I was talking to somebody recently in one of my interviews, I think, and or maybe in person, and I and I said, you know, too often people we we, we get so career minded. I remember dating actresses, and we'd both look at each other at this crucial moment and go, you know, if we get a soap opera in New York or something, you know, we're out of here. You know, the relationship is just this kind of transient, temporary thing until, you know, uh, greater stardom happens, and and it's not until later that I realize, you know, don't give up your friends, don't give up your relationships, but nurture and and value and love those things. And, you know, career is maybe important, but it's never more important than the people you love and who love you. That is absolutely right. Family first, friends, family and friends. That's where it is. And then you, if you can expand, as you, you know, we were talking about globally. If you can do something right. for the people in Japan, yes. If you can, with the with the tsunami, and if you can do anything for others outside of your own particular little group, you do. But first, you better take care of your garden, your own garden. First, your block. First, your people, because they are your people. And they love you, and they rely on you, and they gave you, my parents gave me whatever has made me be me. Wow, wow. You know, and uh, did I acquire other assets during my lifetime? Of course. And did I make mistakes in my lifetime? Yes. But still... That's 
thread that I feel from my mom and dad, who are long gone, uh, has permeated my life so that it was transferable to Jennings, to Jennings' kids, to our kid, Rocky, to his kids, to my brother's kid, my sister's kid. Do you know know what I'm saying? Uh Mm Uh-huh. No, it's good. It just is part of my existence to do as much as I can for anybody I can. But first, I want to take care of those who are closest to me, and then I spread out. At this point, I can't spread too thin uh, because I don't have that kind of ability. But I still stay with, uh, in the smallest way, whatever causes I believe in. I I try to do something about that. I try. No, but that's but, well, and, and no one can expect anyone to do any more than that. And but that is that is really beautiful, and that is really, um, you know, touching. And I, I want to ask questions. I mean, right? What what you've just now said, and, and throughout this interview, that, that, that you've dropped these like golden nuggets and, and things about character and and about family and and about uh, you know helping others, whether it's close or far. Um, but let, let let me ask you this, um, just to kind of. Uh, backtrack and then we'll expand again but you know advice for uh, advice for up and comers now i mean your career has been you know decades and it's been in in multiple areas of the of the entertainment business and during that time you've also had family and you know and 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 hardship and tragedy as well um now the the people who are coming up you know, and they may go through similar aspects, but obviously the studio system is long gone. You know, you think it's it could be harder or easier at one time versus another. What advice do you have for people who um, who were like you when you were young, starting out, or or going through your career at any particular uh, point of time? Well, I think in general it's harder because there is there are so few studios. And so few people who are willing to take a chance on any young people. I think that uh, also I don't know that the requirements for knowledge can possibly be gotten uh, unless you... I don't know whether you get that at college. I don't know that you where you get it in film school. I don't know. I know you can learn how to do technical stuff. But I don't know how you become polished in your craft uh, or your skills unless you have a place to work and work with people. Uh, again, it's collaborative. It's acting, acting. You can't. You can do a one-man show. It's true. But in general, acting is a group of actors, an ensemble acting together. You've got to find the place to do that. Uh, singers, uh, it seems to me that uh, in general, it's the more bizarre or whoever can hold the highest note, longest and loudest, seems to be uh, some sort of a prerequisite for at least attention not longevity, because uh-huh. you won't keep that voice very long either if you sing that way. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I think it's harder. 
I think we had it hard, but it was different. We came, I was lived through all of the 20th century, just the first few years I didn't. And we people would forget that uh, we didn't have an airplane until 1917. I was born in 1922. We didn't uh-huh. have television. We didn't have any of this till the 50s, you know, and so forth. So many of the things that, but we came out of a place where hardship was sort of the norm and you made your way through it all and try to keep your feet clean, you know. And I think today it's harder in a different way. Where is the place where you would keep your feet clean? You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know more talented young men and women who uh, are writers and directors and uh, just innovators. And uh, they don't have exactly uh, a place to, uh, you know, take their, their craft and their skills and hone them to where they are sensational because they're up against a show with a bunch of people uh, that are totally untalented in some reality show that Um. nobody can sing, dance, act, write, direct, and they're being told what to do from morning to night. And uh, it's usually raunchy, and it doesn't have class and... uh, or watching people get thin. You know, I mean, how mm-hmm. how do you beat watching sad people get thin? I guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I don't want to knock anybody, but uh, I, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't want to watch once a week to see who lost 400 pounds. Right. Uh, you know? Give me Monica, a singer, have... give me a dancer, give me an actor, give me a play, give me a, something to read. I know I, I I very much agree with you, uh, and we I've got to say we've got about eight minutes remaining here, and I have enjoyed okay. this so much. This has been delightful. Um, but you know, I, I wonder, you know, for good or bad, or right or wrong, for whatever the studio system was, um, there. Kind of in what what you were saying, what I what I kind of hear is that that again, good or bad or right or wrong, at least there was a place where the goal was to manufacture product and to get it out. And so, if if by nothing else, in some ways, by sheer repetition, people who were actors or or craftspeople or behind the scenes people had the opportunity to hone their craft, yes, um, and get, get paid better. for it actually, yeah, get and get better. better through doing it. Where today. Since everything is kind of this free market uh, competition, whoever has the most money or the the, the best street cred or something su- somehow survives. Um, people don't have as much as much opportunity to uh, accelerate both their career or their skills. Is that uh, is that a fair? That's exactly right. I just choked what? on my teeth. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. That's okay. That's okay. Why? And 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 when you come back, well, I'll tell you about. I'm back. Uh, you're back now because I was going to say Hollywood through my eyes by Monica Lewis is uh, is available everywhere and it's definitely a, a must-have book. 
um, from a really uh, fascinating, fascinating celebrity and author in person uh, who I'm, I'm having a great time talking with. Um, uh, we... Um, Along the lines of what I just asked you, do you think that, um, and, and, and you kind of answered it, but do you think that the audiences have changed throughout the years too? Do they is it, is they, they want different things or do they seem to appreciate different things or do you think it's because it's just what's being funneled to them that they end up having to deal with? You know what I mean? It's what's being funneled to them because there's a very good show on called... Um, the Good Wife. The Good Wife, right. <coughs> you better talk. I've got it. Well, I'll tell you about The Good Wife. You know, The Good Wife, actually, they wanted to shoot The Good Wife right here in Wisconsin and in a surrounding area of Milwaukee. And at the time that they were trying to bring the movie in, we had film incentives. But the governor then, at that time, Doyle, decided to torpedo them and canceled them. And our Department of Commerce would not ever... Uh, respond to any of the requests made from the uh, producers of The Good Wife. And so they wanted to come here, they wanted to produce their series here, and uh, they went elsewhere. And so now they're in their fourth season, and uh, Milwaukee lost out. The series is good, it's, it's got longevity, it's got life in the community. I believe Over the Border uh, is benefiting by the money that they invest in the community, uh, but we are not. But it is a good show. Well, I love it. I I really love that show, and I think it's well written, and it's beautifully acted, and you see, people do watch it, and NCIS is a good show, uh-huh. and people love it, and now the NCIS LA is a good show. You know, people love it. The people love the shows when they're good. Right. So, a lot of the stuff though is not. Well, I'm impressed that, um, and uh, we, we probably have about four minutes left, maybe five minutes, but I'm impressed. I think that a lot of television actually has gotten better, like when you say The Good Wife or NCIS. I, I happen to like The Chicago Code, which was on recently. I loved a show that I don't know if you saw or not called The Terriers with Donald Logue. Um, you know, there's there's some good TV out there. And now, sadly, many of these shows are getting you know canceled in the first season or or half of the first season. I, I love Detroit 187. Um, they're getting canceled, you know, because it's, you know, well, what television has always been. It's always been about sponsorship and money and dollars and, and advertising. And um, But but uh, we're not necessarily keeping quality. We're getting, you know, we get more reality shows and because uh, uh, they're cheaper to make and they can pour their advertising dollars in and, and people seem to want to watch those. It's It's... Well, I have a good thing to say, though, something that was wonderful, and of course it's coming to an end, and that is Oprah. I tell you, I have more respect for that woman. I think she's just been a godsend. Her 25 years of Oprah Winfrey has been a really important part of American history. And uh, I take my hat off to her. She's done a lot of good and people love her, and there's reason that they do. And she's surmounted all sorts of problems. And uh, it's now her farewell performance today, I believe. And yeah. uh, I wish I knew her. I don't. 
but I simply just take my hat off and bow in front of her because I think she's done a miraculous job with her life, with helping other people, and being the straight shooter that she is, and charming with it all, and feminine with it all. And uh, her weight loss and all, that was okay with me. That wasn't a show about, like what right. I was talking about before. Like, you know, it's, I mean, she's just human. She's human and real. And I just uh, applaud people like that. She came from, you know, nowhere. That's and very true. It's, go ahead, I'm sorry. I just just applaud her and wish I could, you know, just shake her hand. That's all. Wow. Well, that's very cool. That is that is really truly very cool. I, I when you say that, and I mean, I, I guess it, it didn't even hit me until you said twenty five years. And I go, oh my goodness, really? You know, <laughs> that's true. Uh, but uh, I, I never ever thought of it that way. Um, you know what? We have ju- we have come to our, at the time that we've got to close. But you have been. Uh, a fabulous guest. I would love to have you back anytime you want to come back. And uh, but before we go, let's let's. Uh, um, I, I, we've talked about a lot of important things and about doing good for others and and, and reaching out and and you know uh, being global, not just not just our own little garden, but take care of a garden first. But I, I'm gonna. I, I want to. I just want to uh, end on a. a, a uh, I don't want to end on a, on a frivolous note, but I do want to point out, you told me I was the only interviewer that didn't ask about Ronald Reagan, and, but I did mention Kirk Douglas. And, and it should be told that uh, you also turned down Frank Sinatra. <laughs> that was when we were all about 20. <laughs> but he, he became a big brother. Frank was like a good big brother to me always. He was a good friend. Never was a romance. Yeah, well, but that's amazing. But that is amazing. I mean, you have touched so many people's lives, and and uh, and you've known so many people. Again, I want to just remind the listeners to check into the book and be sure to get it. It, it is a truly delightful book, and you have been truly delightful and wonderful to talk with. And I hope I get that opportunity to do it again. And you've got a great son. I, I like him very much. I don't know Nikki, but I, you know, I can't wait until the day that I actually meet Nikki uh, or see her live because Rocky will update me and send me YouTube videos or things about what Nikki's doing and about what his kids are doing. And I think it's just so uh, wonderful and so fabulous that, that uh, you are all involved in each other's lives and careers in the way that you are, and you touch so many people. And your book will touch even more. And um, and thank you so much, Monica. Oh, thank you. It was wonderful talking to you. I'm sorry about that coughing spell, but I swallowed wrong. Oh, that's okay. I've I've done it myself on my own show, so don't yeah, no well, worry. I'm okay now. <laughs> I'm and glad. I'm now, now I'm pushing 90. I bet you better show a little respect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to I want to say have a fabulous uh, holiday weekend as it comes up and and a marvelous month. Enjoy that book signing. And uh, and then we will be in touch, and hopefully I can have you back sometime soon if you would like. And uh, and meanwhile, best of everything, and thank you for being here. All my best to you, and thanks. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Well, that was Monica Lewis uh, again. Hollywood through my eyes: the lives and loves of a golden age siren. Uh, get the book; it will touch you. I want to thank her. She's a fascinating guest, and uh, I want to leave you with a thought that she said, and that is, you know, 
go do some good for someone else. You know, uh, I mean, just what an awesome, you know, thought. Do something good for someone. Do it today, do it tomorrow, do it the next day. Thank you, Monica, for that. And to you, the readers and listeners of Movie Beat, I thank you so much for being here, both in the chat room for listening live and to the archived uh, podcasts and interviews. Please do keep sharing them with your friends, your family, your industry connections. you know, go ahead and rate review the shows right now if you're listening live. Uh, go ahead, even if you're listening archived, you can leave comments right where the player is. Just go ahead, leave a comment. Go, you know, I like the show, I hate the show. You know, I love your guest, I hate you, Rex. Whatever you want to say, just go ahead and leave a comment. All right. Now you can become a fan, a friend of Rex Sykes Movie Beat on Facebook. You can become a friend of Monica Lewis on Facebook, so check those both out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's Rex Sykes Movie BT. I always appreciate it. I really, really do when you tweet and retweet about my guests, about the show, uh, about what's coming up, because that's one of the ways that I reach out and try and uh, have filmmakers and uh, film enthusiasts uh, learn about who is coming up and uh, who's going to discuss what on my show. And that's one way that we connect and the one way that we can you know, reach out, Facebook, Twitter, social media. All right. So everybody have a fabulous day. Go do some good for someone. Make your movies, complete your projects. And until we meet the next time, that's a wrap.